Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, Jim, this is one of your favorite weeks of the year uh, for being a, uh, a sports reporter and columnist uh, such as you are. You get to go down to Augusta National and, and see the Masters down there. Uh, uh, looking forward to a great week, I'm sure. Yes, got here uh, last night. Got I'm at the course since early this morning, and it's a little rainy. It's going to be a very rainy week. It's raining today. It's, it's supposed to rain Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hmm. The Masters, of course, uh, always wants to be wrapping up in prime time on Sunday. We'll see how it plays out. Usually they find a way to get it done. Obviously this place drains exceptionally well, but the weather's got to be good enough for people to actually be able to play golf. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people practice they, in light rain. It hasn't been too hard yet, but it's going to be an interesting week. And, of course, uh, you know, as I'm sitting writing about it right now, this might be the most awkward week in Masters history. You have Liv yes. Golf uh, showing up here. Six former champions will be at the – uh, you know, who have left the tour for the live golf are going to be at the champions dinner. You have Freddie couple taking shots at people. You have Rory taking shots at people. You have live golfers shooting back. It's, uh, it's going to be very interesting around here this week. <laughs> Boy, that's for sure. Uh, and, and some of the, you know, like Brooks Kepka playing really well right now on the live tour, but you know, is he facing the uh, same competition as some of the elevated at- events, at least on the PGA tour? We'll find out. I think there's a lot of pressure on the live guys this week there is uh if they want to legitimize their tour because you know so many of the guys who left the pga tour for live it just seemed to be a money grab and for a lot of them it seemed to be them saying okay i know i'm not going to win any majors I'm not, i know i'm not going to win a lot of money in the pga tour at this stage of my career either because of age or injuries let me just go make some really easy guaranteed money uh with live uh, this is not easy guaranteed money. This is the best play- golfers in the world. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a great, you know, it's not as great a field as British Open or U.S. Open, but it's still a, a packed field. All the great players are here. And they are now carrying the banner for a, a league that is under fire from human rights activists, from uh, 9-11 survivors. Uh, there'll be a, a group of 9-11 survivors, family members, uh, holding a press conference in Atlanta on Tuesday to uh, talk about this. Uh, this is, this is, uh, they are, they are under a lot of scrutiny and not just the usual scrutiny you get when you're a good golfer. Yeah. And the, uh, the TV broadcast will be interesting to watch to see yes. how the coverage, I mean, you know, Dustin Johnson can still win majors. Brooks Kepp can still win them. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau can still win. Cam Smith is still one of the best players in the world. You could have live golfers in the last groups on Sunday. You absolutely could. Um, I think of the people you mentioned, Cam Smith is the closest to being in his prime and mm-hmm. a real, real threat to win here. I don't know you know, Kepka's playing better. Mm. Um, I don't know if he can hold up for four days here. I don't know if Dustin has it anymore. You never know. I mean, it, you know, people come out of nowhere to win golf tournaments. I think Cam Smith is the greatest threat here. And uh, he has been one of the cheekiest, I guess, about moving to live. He just kind of brushes off any criticism. Yeah. Uh, but really, if you're looking for favorites, you got to start with Scotty Scheffler, don't you? I think so. Uh, now, listen, in golf, favorites don't win that often, right? Because right. You're, it's, you're talking, you know, it's silly to pick one person against the field unless it's Tiger Woods in his prime, and even then he won about 20% of his major starts, even during his best seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Scheffler is the easy one. Uh, he play, he's 
a great player. He can hit every shot you need to hit. He can work it both ways. He has a tremendous short game. He can make clutch putts. He won here last year. He doesn't have any of the live stuff hanging over him. Uh, you know, listen, I think Scheffler and Rahm are probably the two best in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And really probably the difference between them is that Rahm tends to get mad on the course and beat himself up, where Scheffler always has that cool demeanor. Uh, they're both great. Either could win. And then you have Rory, who's still, I think, for the ninth time, trying to finish the career Grand Slam by winning at the Masters. And he's, I, I walked with him today. He's bombing it. He's hitting it great. Uh, but it is in his head that he hasn't won this thing. Will that motivate him or will that drag him down? The Greens tend to defend Augusta National because as much lengthening as they've done over the years to try and, you know, it used to be called tiger-proofing the course. Now it's, you know, Pro V1X proofing the course uh, with the distance the golf balls are, are flying. But but if it's going to rain all week, those are going to be pretty soft. It could see a pretty low score. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and it's interesting, last year they lengthened the 15th which is a great risk-reward par 5. No eagles were made in the tournament last year mm. on 15. Uh, I don't know if that's a good development. I like eagles. I yeah. like people. I like risk-reward. Uh, a lot more people lay up now, and the people who go for it usually end up in an awkward position where they're trying to chip or, or get out of the sand to make their birdie. Uh, and this year, they have backed up the 13th tee, 35 yards. So it used to be a really tricky little shot. If you could, But if you could bend it around, if you could hit a hook around the corner – you had a mid-iron, maybe even a shorter iron, into the green for a possible eagle. Now they've backed it up. Uh, and if you can still, if, you can, if you're a long hitter who can hook it, you still might have a chance. Dustin had a hit, a, I think, a five iron or something in for a second shot. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be fewer attempts at the green. Uh, because if you block it out to the right, you don't have a chance to do it. Uh, everybody's going to be afraid to go left and get it to Ray's Creek. You know, Scheffler is saying that, you know, the old tees, he could hit a three wood and he can turn his three wood over and that gave him a chance to go for Eagle. Now he's feel like he has to hit driver to get distance, but he can't hit, he, you know, drivers are low spin these days. He can't really spin it enough to, to, to pull it around the corner. So Freddie couples just talked and he said he loved the, loves the 15th, 13th hole. And he thinks uh long hitters are still going to get home, but we'll, we'll see. Wolves a 19 and a half point favorite yesterday. I, I, I heard somewhere that that was the, the biggest spread they'd ever had and lose to a Portland team that's intentionally trying to tank and lose games. That's about as bad as it gets. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. They gave us that four game winning streak where it looked like they put stuff together and they were getting healthier. And we knew that, you know, listen, losing to the Suns and the Lakers isn't good, but those are quality teams. Uh, you know, losing to Portland at home under these circumstances, I, you know, I, I don't even know if I want to see him make the playoffs now. I'm just right. disgusted by them. I don't, I can't stay. I just, they, they have just driven me crazy. After the Lakers loss, Carl Anthony Towns said he was going to have some things to say to the team about it. Well, it, apparently his words didn't work. Do you know any more about that? No, uh, and you know, Carl talks a lot, yeah. and he doesn't always. It, and, and I think, you know, I always want to preface this. I think he has a good heart. Everything yeah. I know about him, everything I've been told behind the scenes, he has a good heart. He doesn't always say the right thing or in the right way. And I don't think as good as he is, and he's a wonderful player uh, when, so when he's healthy, uh, I don't think he commands the room. I don't think people would look to him for leadership. Uh, and he, whatever he talked, what he should have said when he talked to him, how about passing me the ball? He, I think he had three shots yesterday. Yeah, right, and and they're still trying to figure out the offensive end, it looks like to me. I mean, he's trying to get the ball at the top because that's where he's comfortable. 
probably would be better served if he would work his way down to the baseline and and catch the ball down there a little more. It's it's a it's a conundrum right now for Finch on how to get these guys to all play together on offense. It is, and I, that was my suggestion, as you know, for months was when Towns comes back, put him in the corner, stretch the defense, create more space for Anthony Edwards and for Gobert. They they've kind of done what Carl's more comfortable with and kept him out top. And, uh, you know, it's worked at times, but it hasn't worked consistently. No, that's right. Uh, nice start for the Twins. Kansas City uh, looks like they don't have a, you know, a, a division-winning lineup necessarily. Nonetheless, good pitching by the Twins. Good defense. Gallo mashes a couple uh, yesterday. Good start. Yes. Uh, the lineup probably isn't going to be whole until they get Polanco and Kirilov back. But yep. at least Buxton, Buxton looks really good. Um, you know, I think Gallo, that's a really a great boost for him because, you know, he's going to go through stretches where he's going to look terrible and, and you have to have the payoff to make the terrible stretches worthwhile. He is a very good fielder and he's filling in the first base very nicely right now. But I mean, this is kind of what the twins envision. And, and as you said, they're going to have much better competition to face eventually, but this is what the twins thought they want. They would look like and wanted to look like a team that can win with very good, very deep pitching speed, fielding, and enough offense. Eventually, they'd like, to, they'd like to be a really good offensive team, but right now, just scoring just enough runs is okay. Uh, they get a chance to see Louis Arise again, and I know he was one of the clubhouse favorites. I'm sure they'll enjoy seeing him and want to beat him at the same time, but he's off to a fast start down there in Miami. He's 9 for 16. He's I know, how about five, that? 63, it's <laughs> awesome. And you know what? Nobody, nobody's rooting against Louis no. Arise, including the, including the people who created him. They all love him. Uh, but, you know, looking big picture here, if Arise hit 400 and the Twins got an ace and two top prospects out of it, they still made a good deal. Yeah, they did. Uh, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.